This is exactly right. She thinks that sometimes she's our equal. She's very much a fully formed like person. Like I'm, you know. Well, she's almost as tall as us now. So <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> it's true. And we want her to feel like she's a part of our family, you know, in terms of like how she helps out and, you know, how we share with each other and all that she is. But she also, we have to remind her sometimes that we're her parents and that she can't talk to us a certain way. And, you know, she's very much um, pushing her boundaries still at 10. And I'm, I'm scared for us when she becomes a teenager. <laughs> Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives while striving to be the best versions of ourselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, with increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is the Brooker Family Popcast, Parenting, Entertainment, and Pop Culture with Heather and Chris. Heather and Chris, along with their daughter Channing, are hosts of the Brooker Family Popcast, a weekly family entertainment and pop culture talk show for parents and kids. Now, a little bit about each of them, Heather and Chris. First, Heather is an Emmy Award-winning actress and comedian. She's appeared in over 40 films and TV shows, including Grey's Anatomy, The Office, Fresh Off the Boat, The Minji Project, and more. She was in the unprecedented role of digital entertainment reporter for NBC in L.A., where she regularly interviewed celebrities and luminaries in Hollywood and has interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people in the entertainment business on her previous podcast, Motherhood in Hollywood, which won her a Webby Award. Her community has grown to over 1 million people across her social media platforms in the last few years. She recently spoke, this is very cool, she recently spoke at the Girl Up Leadership Summit along with Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Meghan Markle about gender equity and body positivity and is passionate about empowering women to love their bodies of every shape and size. So cool. And Chris, Chris is a former radio DJ and music director with a passion for music. As a former program director for several stations across the Midwest, he became an expert at finding new artists and sharing them with the world. And yes, be careful, he will judge you on your favorite band. He's also an avid comic book fan, loves all things Marvel and DC, and will gladly tell you his thoughts on each of their new projects, which you can hear, of course, on their podcast, which we're going to be talking about. Heather, Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for Hi. having us. So I've been listening and watching your new podcast with Channing. And let's start with um, how this happened. How this happened. Because I imagine you guys at your kitchen table or island having the similar types of conversations that I've been listening to and watching. But I'm curious as to the real story. Well, that's pretty much exactly right. So because of my job and the position I'm in um, covering entertainment, I get advanced screenings or invited a lot to watch movies or TV shows before they come out. And I always take Chris and Channing with me and we have the best time and the best conversations after we've just seen something. And sometimes they're so funny and they're so off the cuff and, um, we just, it's such a joy to be able to like share these experiences with each other. And yeah, we talk about stuff at home. We talk about video games at home. And yeah. um, so that's sort of where this idea came from and, and what it's all about is the conversations that we're having as a family. Yeah. And some of those best conversations were often, you know, on, on the way home from these screenings and these movies and stuff like that. And I don't know how many times I heard Heather say, this would make a good podcast. This would make a good, this, this, you need to save this for a podcast. This sounds good. And uh, ultimately, it just came to be. And it is unfiltered is one of the words that comes to mind and one that you use. And um, what is that process? Because I always think of this perfectionistic quality that um, many of us have when we, uh, depending on our personalities, but also when we are 
producing something and putting something out there. I noted that you keep it very real, right? It's like, it's about being real. And is that, is that how purposeful and intentional is that? Well, I think it's, it's very purposeful. Um, there's so much out there right now that is perfectly curated, Mm -hmm. um, especially on social media where somebody, you know, people may feel the need to present a life or a version of themselves. That's not necessarily true. And I just feel like we wanted to present something that is sort of like a snapshot of our family in a genuine way. And um, we actually talk about what unfiltered means on the podcast. It was in an episode because I had mentioned one time I said, oh, that's sort of an unfiltered look at our family. And our daughter said, what does that mean? We don't use filters. And in her mind, she was thinking those Mm. face filters that people put to like change their faces. She goes, no, we don't use those. And I was like, well, it's a little bit different meaning. And it sort of accidentally took on a a teaching moment, which is Mm -hmm. not our intention at all with the show. But we we it it was an opportunity for me to explain to her what I meant by that. So unfiltered for us means sometimes we say things that other people may be like, oh my gosh, what did they just say? <laughs> like we're mm-hmm. just a normal family. And sometimes in, in regular families, like people say things that are maybe a little wacky or. <laughs> it, and oftentimes organically, those teaching moments just come up in conversation. Yeah. You know, we seize the opportunity to say, oh, well, this is what we meant. And this is what we plan on doing with that or something like that. You know, Oops. especially in the case of our daughter, uh, you know, to make her understand exactly what our intent is, you know, being yeah. in this podcast, being on video. But like being like unfiltered, though, we don't edit. We don't edit ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the show, mm-hmm. We don't edit ourselves. The only time I would say that we actually edit ourselves is if, um, uh, gosh, there was some like we do have to be mindful. And in, in, in being truthful here, we have to be mindful of the fact that our daughter is just 10. Mm-hmm. And if she says something that maybe could be misconstrued, because we know her, we know her personality and she's so goofy and silly, mm-hmm. yeah. but she's also still learning about the world yeah. and she may not understand something or say something that maybe is the general public may not understand or whatever. So I'm very mindful of the fact that she's still growing and we are putting her out there to an audience, you know, of of tens of twenties. No, we joke about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, <laughs> we are very mindful of the fact yeah. that we are sharing her and a part of her life and childhood with strangers and with the world. Right. So, and it lives on the internet forever. And, and mm-hmm. I'm very mindful of the, that fact. And so while we are having these unfiltered conversations, I'm not ever going to put something out there of her that where she may be embarrassed. Yeah or feel ashamed, or somebody could potentially make fun of her down the road. I mean, so to that end, we're unfiltered, but it's a a cautious, with cautious um, intent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, she's such, um, there's such unbridled um, enthusiasm and... that's and, a good word for it. Unbridled yeah, enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and innocence. I was actually thinking on my way over of mentally thinking about our conversation today and just the phase of life where I, I assume her to be, of course, you know, I'm only on the outside, yeah. um, as a very, it's a wonderful, she's 10 now, right? Is that, yeah, 10. right. Yeah. So that's yeah. like such a wonderful part of life and it's, you know, I'm sure middle school's coming and life gets more complicated yeah. and she's just putting herself out there because like you both, she seems to be a very just authentic person. Yeah. And to your point, though, we know a lot more about how things work, um, yeah. unfortunately. And um, it is a lot to put your family out there, to, to, to all be out there. I mean, it takes courage. It really, is. it really is. And I think that there's there's definitely the conversations we had before doing that. I mean, I've been sharing about my life and about our lives on social media for many years now, but it's... Mm-hmm always with the intention and understanding that there are strangers around the world and maybe even people we know watching the process. So um, while we do share real moments in our life, it's always through the lens and the understanding that she's going to be an adult one day 
mm-hmm. and um, a fully functioning member of society, hopefully, if we're <laughs> yeah. doing it right. right. That's the goal. The last really. thing we want to do is put her in an uncomfortable position or something where she would feel ashamed or something where she would feel exposed. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Absolutely. we're very mindful yeah. of that on social media and with our show. Um, but that being said, we also do, she says she is unbridled. She says stuff sometimes that crack us up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. You know, and she'll also see things that we don't see. Yeah. Right? And it's, a, it's, this, it's this unique perspective that uh, we like to think we have, but we find out, you know, through her that, oh, wow, that I didn't even realize that. Yes. You know, yes. Show, you know, well, and that's what I love about um, the portion of the show that comes to be called Chansplaining. Yeah. I actually was just I love that. I was just reading. um Gosh, I was reading a book recently and it was doing a deep dive in mansplaining and where that came from. <laughs> and then, I mean, then not that long ago, this is a few weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, chansplaining comes in where she is educating you about a part of culture or the world which parents just need a little more education about. And I thought, like, that's such a wonderful two way communication um, situation that you guys have created. Yeah. And it's honestly opened up a lot of opportunities for us to ask her questions because we grew up like playing Nintendo and, you know, those kinds of video games like Atari. Mm -hmm. We're we're older parents. (laughs) Um, uh, I got you beat. I got you beat. Yes. (laughs) And um, but so she plays a lot of Roblox and stuff like that. And we don't know anything about Roblox. So we're always asking her, like, what is this? What do you play? And in in it's also just led to this wonderful opportunity for us to learn from her what mm-hmm. she's doing and what she is interested in. Cause yeah. um, sometimes I've noticed that she will clam up and not want to talk about something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has been a great way to get her involved mm-hmm. and get her talking about, like she helps pick her topics every week. We have a rundown. This is a show we produce we sit down with our rundown. We talk about what we're going to do at the top of the show. We plan it. And she's very much a part of that. She has ownership mm-hmm. and invest something invested in this show. So yeah. she picks her topics every week, what she wants to chansplain, what TV <laughs> show or movie she wants to recommend. So she's truly invested in the process and it's become, and she enjoys it and she enjoys it. Yeah. And, and that's it's clear a yeah. conversation um, mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. to get to know her a little bit better too. What I think through the show, you guys model a really nice approach to parenting and based like jumping off of what you just said, you could tell, like, I see her as an equal mm-hmm. co-host yeah. in, in terms of just bringing herself to the table. And yet you guys step in with little like, okay, ho, whoa, whoa, you know, or okay, yeah, that's enough. Okay. Let's tamp it down, sister, you know, in a way that with, with humor, in a way that's guidance. Um, So it's like, she's an equal human who you respect. And at the same time, you're still the parents who guide. So I just think it's a really nice approach. I think of in life, parenting life as well. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's it. Exactly. And I think because we are, this is a show that we're putting on to entertain and we're putting our family out there, you know, for people to, you know, follow along and participate in hopefully our conversations. But at the end of the day, we are still her parents. And mm-hmm. if you think she's going too far with something, I'll be like, rein it in, lady. It happens. Yeah. It happens. And that yeah. I think is something that a lot of parents experience with their kids. Like you can see that they're maybe out there, they're having fun, they're going wild. And we know our kids when they're about to go too far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something. So you have to just sort of be mind we're mindful of that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I really appreciate you guys and uh, about you guys and connect with is accepting your inner and outer um, nerddom. I think you call it nerd or, or geek. Yeah, nerd. Oh, there's a question for you guys. What would you say is the difference between a nerd and a geek? That's a good question. I think uh, I'll, 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 I'll take, this take, yeah. I'll take this one. Let's let the king uh, take this. Yes, yes. I'm going to let yeah. him take this. I yeah. think you know a nerd is more academic. Whereas a geek mm-hmm. is more pop culture centric. Okay. Say, maybe. Okay. Okay. You identify and as a nerd, Chris. Both. I identify as both. You're both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a geek. I think I'm more of a geek. You know, I, I really like comic books. I love music. I love, yeah. you know, DC and Marvel and stuff like that. And I really get into yes. those things. Academically, maybe a little bit, but I think I swing more to the geek side. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I um, I really appreciate that. And I love how, again, it's like embracing it as a family and the stuff you guys are talking about. Um, I guess this might be a word these days. Like you guys geek out on it, right? Like sure. it's sort of like you get yeah. really into the video games, you get into the movies, you yes. get into other related pop culture. And that is fun and engaging and also showing everyone that, you know, even in this complex world, we can spend time talking about interesting, fun, healthy, clean, non-toxic things as a people and as a family. Yes. Yeah. And I think honestly, that was a big part of our intention <clears throat> when we created the show as well, because there aren't a lot of podcast offerings for families to listen to together. If you look in the kids and family section and in any of your podcast players, a lot of it is educational story time or um, quirky retellings of stories and, and that sort of thing. There isn't a lot in terms of pop culture that families can listen to together. That we're not trying to teach anybody a lesson. We don't have... Yeah you know, um, a guideline of like what they're going to learn at the end or anything. Like, maybe we should. No, it's, but, it's, it's stuff we like to talk about, like, you know, as yeah. we said, as a family. And yeah, and because there wasn't much out there, there wasn't anything out there like this. We, we wanted to create this space and some a place where families could listen to a podcast together. Cause when you're in the car, <clears throat> I know when I'm in the car alone, I listen to a lot of stand-up comedy and 99% of it is not appropriate for me to listen to with my daughter, right. Right. you know, right. so, right. Um, and it's, and it's fine. It is what it is, you know, but it's not appropriate. And then, um, yeah, so the comedy podcast just seem a little inappropriate with kids and the, and the family, you know, centric ones seem more for like little, little kids, you know, like bedtime stories and stuff like that. Yeah. We were looking for that happy medium with people with slightly older little kids, you know, tween mm -hmm. age and up, mm -hmm. um, something they can listen to with the whole family in the in the car. Um, ours is also a video podcast, so you can they can watch it on their Apple TV. Like we yeah. have people who have messaged us from um, Oklahoma and all over the country. They say they put it on on like Saturday mornings and they'll watch it on their Apple TV while they're making breakfast or hanging out with the family. And nice, because nice. we're talking about, hopefully, topics that all families are talking about, the latest Spider-Man movie, yeah. you know, the new Trolls movie, my daughter's already excited about it. It's not coming out till November, but we're talking about it. So yeah. we're talking about things that I think other families who are living in this very media-centric world are talking about. And our mm -hmm. hope is that it connects with them, it resonates with them, and they're entertained, yeah. you know? yes. And I think it's really refreshing that, you know, you're not getting to this big take home message. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all these things like just can turn people off as well. Like there's so much intensity out there. So the show, as I was listening to your shows and getting the rhythm of the shows was like, there isn't this big culmination of the, it's like, okay, we're done with this conversation. We'll see you guys next time. Right. Yeah. Like, let, yeah, it, it's great. Like, it's like an episode ends and get ready for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it is very much like that. Like we, yeah, it's almost kind of become a game now where you can see who's going to segue and wrap up the show. How we, you, can you're the queen of the segues, <laughs> honestly. Uh, she does a really good job with that. Yeah, and so you didn't. We didn't really want it to be an educational type of. No, we wanted it to be entertaining. You know, we wanted mm -hmm. to be able to give advice to parents and families and be entertained at the same time. And you know, we're not. Well, she's a stand-up comic. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, Channing's funny in her own in her own way as well. So you know, we want to make them laugh, but also you know, hey, here's some movies you guys might like. Here's some music that I think you might mm -hmm. be interested in. It's mm -hmm. our opinions, and that's that. That's what we caveat. This is our yes. opinions of the family, what we're into. Take it for what it is. Yeah. So back to video games, um, you, you sparked me with Atari. So, you know, I started, maybe we are, we're similar. I started on Pong oh, and then Atari was huge asteroids, of course. Like how many hours did you blow up little lines of asteroids? And then I think, yeah, I think after that was it, was the next amazing, well, no, it was Nintendo and then Coleco. There was something in between it was Atari. In in television, that's it. In television, yes. Yep. And then yes. Coleco, and then, then Coleco. Nintendo took over everything. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you? Are you still throwbacks? Like, do you have old gaming systems? 
We yeah. do. We've bought some of the retro systems. Like I've got an Atari twenty six hundred retro system that just came out that has like fifty games loaded into it. All the old classics like Pitfall and River Raid and you know stuff like that. But we also have all those gaming systems, right? And we also have a Sega. We also have a Sega. Sony. Yes. We have an Xbox. We also have a classic Nintendo system as well, a Nintendo Switch. We've got so many gaming systems; it's ridiculous. Yeah, nice. it's a little it's a little excessive. Uh, we also um, have the Quest, the yeah. Oculus Quest. Uh, we've got a, a VR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. that's the next the next generation, right? It really yeah. is. But yeah. we love video games. We love playing games. It's it's um, honestly something that got us through those early years of the pandemic where we were all mm-hmm. sort of locked indoors and looking for yeah. some kind of, you know, something to do. Yep. And uh, we just really dove headfirst into gaming and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, so many things became major lifesavers during the pandemic mm-hmm. yeah. for us all. Okay. So including, so screens, which we're talking about mm-hmm. and social media. So I wanted to ask you guys this from a parenting perspective, there's screens. I think many people have evolved beyond, you know, get off screens. You're always on screens. Now we know that screens do lots of different things. And right. so we're on screens for work. We're on screens to watch things. We're on screens to learn things. So there's the screen issue. Like how much time do you let a child be on screens? And then I think you're probably at the, um, you're still in a, a sweet spot about this with Channing with social media, given her age. Like yeah. how do you guys see both of those managing both of these technologies with this tween that you have? Well, you know, to be honest, um, we were pretty much against any form like really limited screen time until the pandemic hit. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like a lot of parents, we were like, oh, my gosh, we have to give her something to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of that, we sort of and I I say this all the time. I feel like we sort of opened Pandora's box because we let her have um, an iPad Mm -hmm. and it was off to the races then. And. Now, though, <clears throat> we find that we have to limit her time. Um, I We set a timer. There's parental controls you can set like on a Mac and I'm sure other devices as well. But we set um, time constraints. So she has, I think, maybe two hours a day um, to be on her computer. And then we don't do um, iPad during the week at all because she doesn't really need it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very mindful of the fact that she, we notice that she becomes a different, I don't say a different person, but her personality right. certainly changes when she's yep. been in front of a screen for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that early on, <clears throat> excuse me. And we decided at that moment, we have to limit this a little bit because yes, there are great, positive, wonderful things that can come from being in front of a screen and social media and learning, but not all of it is good. And I don't think for long periods of time, at least for our child, it's not good. But mm-hmm. we we don't want to take it away from her for many reasons. One, because it's such a huge part of our society and our world and and having her be proficient in technology is essential uh, for her life. Mm-hmm. But also she's an only child. And mm-hmm. sometimes her only outlet in engaging with friends is through social media and is in playing these games together like Roblox or um, uh, what are some of the, all the Roblox games that she plays where she's yeah. only, her friends from school are on there and they chat. Sometimes right. they video call each other and they'll play together. It's a play date. It's a it's modern a play date. date. It's yeah. a virtual. Yeah. It's a virtual play date. And in a time when, you know, especially where we live in LA, there's, there's, People are always on the go. They're always doing something. She can have a play date with her friends when they're in the car, um, you know, um, where maybe as we may not be able to get together in person, she can still have a play date or meet up with her friends and have that social outlet. And I think that stems a little bit from from the pandemic. You know, she Mm -hmm. she spent her entire uh, second grade, you know, on a screen in front of Zoom classes. Right. That's how they unfortunately, that's how a lot of these kids kind of learn to socialize. Mm -hmm. And it feels wrong to take that completely away from them. Right. Uh, At the same time, there does have to be some semblance of control. And that was a pivotal moment for her. Mm -hmm. Like she was like seven, eight years old, just learning about friendships and herself and to only have connections with other kids through screens, um, I think is is now a sort of a fundamental part of who she is and, and how she connects with people. But she, I think I would be 
concerned if she wasn't able to relate to kids in person at all or have any social issues in person. But she is like the most friendly kid. She seems very gregarious. Yes. Yes. She makes friends everywhere. Everywhere she goes. So I'm not too worried about her social development in that way. Mm -hmm. And in terms of social media, so in terms of our show and because she's also an actor, Mm-hmm. Um, she has a social media account, but she does not have access to it. Only I have mm. access to it. And if I'm going to post anything, I talk with her about it. She's very much a part of a process. I'm like, Hey, you just had your dance recital this weekend. I would like to post this picture of you, um, in your dance outfit. Is that okay? And if she says yes, then I'm like, great. What should we say about this? We do it together so that I can help her set up parameters and guide her. If something, if she is thinking, Oh, I want to emulate this YouTuber that said this word or that word or yeah. whatever that maybe isn't appropriate. I can help mm-hmm. guide her then and go, well, let's talk about this. Or what about this as an alternative and mm-hmm. um, make her feel like she's a part of the process, but she doesn't directly have access to social media and won't for a very long time. So even with, um, for friends, like not a, like a, <laughs> a professional account or in a personal account. So she's connecting with all her friends that hasn't come up yet. Well, no. everyone's got Insta and everyone's, Nice. She, Not really. She yeah. has uh she's asked before if she can be um have a TikTok or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's a definite no. Um mm-hmm. and There's uh too much out there. Yeah. Yeah. But also yeah. she doesn't really seem that interested in. I think for a hot minute she wanted to be a YouTuber and have her own YouTube channel. <laughs> Right. Um, because who she, doesn't, who yeah. doesn't. Yeah. 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 I think she yeah. wanted to emulate these like popular YouTubers that she was seeing. And then yeah. we talked about how much work goes into it, setting up the lights, getting a camera, editing all the stuff. And she was like, Oh, right. <laughs> I don't right. want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we, I think that's a great yeah. approach, a great yeah, approach. I because- include her in mm-hmm. a lot of, and explain to her, why we're doing things and why we're not doing it. And listen, it doesn't always go well. Sometimes she mm-hmm. gets frustrated and she doesn't understand. She's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, we're still her parents and we have to do what's best for her. We're often doing our job when kids don't like the parent splaining that's yeah. happening. Yeah, but we've got it. We've got to do it. I, I think it's it's great how you're approaching this. Um, it's been in the media. You probably saw huge of all of the emergency alarms on social media. This new study came out um, with uh, social media and uh, smart tablets and smartphones, and mm-hmm. the younger kids have had it as just the last uh, couple decades, like the more longer term mental health issues we're seeing as a whole on a very large scale study. And it's, it's just for all parents to really be aware, social media has obviously upsides, but it also is can be very overwhelming and very toxic um, yeah. for young yeah. young people, and they really need help navigating also them. Also toxic and, for yeah. adults too. Like I'm on social for media, sure. and you st- and I start to second guess myself a lot. Like, should I be doing this? Um, how come this person got more likes? You know, why is totally. this more engagement? And you start to it can mess with your mind, even as uh, an awesome adult like myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, an awesome I, grounded adult like yourself. So yes. Adult. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But then for kids, you know, still figuring out who they are, I can't imagine how confusing and, right. and that would all be. Yeah. So we're well, not going to do that. Yeah. And I'm, well, I'm glad you mentioned the adult thing too, because it's true. I mean, there's been tons of, the first studies were all with faith through Facebook on adults and finding the increased um, anxiety and depression and self-comparison and the difference between people who are, they call lurkers who are just on passively scrolling and comparing themselves unfavorably to others and others who were not having the negative effects or as much when they're engaging, they're actually using it as a tool to interact. But this is a, we're still at the, I think, beginning of understanding the long-term effects on our brains, on our identities, and on our our culture, our society. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, one thing we should mention, too, is that when we first started um, allowing her to be on um, online on a regular basis, we, um, we got her a phone. Um, it's one of these... Um, it's a phone that has very limited access. It mostly just does calling and texts and, you know, and stuff like that. 
but we had her sign a contract with us and Mm -hmm. the contract basically outlined, um, what she can and cannot do in the phone, what the parameters are, what happens if she breaks the contract and that sort of thing. And part of the reason why we did that too is because she is an only child and there have been instances where, um, like, sorry, there's a trash truck going by. This, <laughs> this is unfiltered. We're unfiltered. Uh, unfiltered moment, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, but there was an instance one time where she's doing a, a play after school and the play was supposed to end at a certain time, like five o'clock or something, which is when we go and pick her up. Well, they let her out like 45 minutes, you know, early. And she, fortunately there was another parent there who was like, you can use my phone to call your mom. And, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, if that parent hadn't been there, our kid Mm -hmm. would have been standing. Our nine year old would have been standing outside the school by herself with no way because the office was closed because it was well after hours mm-hmm. and this parent whose phone she used i was like can you just wait with her for a minute i'll be there in like two minutes and she was like i can't i've got to go take my daughter to blah 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 <laughs> and i was like are you kidding me like please wait with my child it's almost and this was like before daylight saving so at five o'clock it, it was like dark. dark yeah so mm-hmm. i was like please wait with my child for two minutes we don't you know Um, so that was the moment when also we as parents had to say, we've got to break another rule that we have, which is we were not going to give her a cell phone until she was probably 20. (laughs) (laughs) That was our rule. And and it was like, you know, as parents, we're still evolving and learning as we go too. And sometimes Mm -hmm. life presents you with a situation where you have to quickly pivot and make a decision, you know, yes. yeah. we learned that rules can't always be hard and fast. Sometimes you have to be willing to be flexible. And this was one of those situations where we were like, listen, this can't happen again. And I cannot, she can't be somewhere without having a way to reach us. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, we got her this phone and we had her sign this contract, so that she knows the parameters. And a lot of times she'll reference the con- uh, the contract. She's like, is this allowed in the contract? And we're like, well, go and look it up. And she'll go and look it up and go, okay, it is. You know, mm-hmm. She was excited because it gave her a sense of ownership and responsibility. Yep. And it also clearly laid out the rules. Like there's no mm-hmm. question. It's in black and white. She signed it. We signed it. It's a legally binding contract. Um, yeah. Legally, yeah. in quotation marks, you know, but it gives her a sense of responsibility where she's like, okay, I can go and look at my contract and see what's allowed, what's not allowed. Yeah. And it also gives us a little peace of mind then. Cause we're like, okay, we know that she understands this is not just for fun. This is a tool. It is something that can be used to, call out for help if you need it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. It, provides account- it, it provides accountability both ways too, for her and for us. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's important that she sees that for us and, you know, we can hold her to that accountability as well. I think it's a great collaborative approach. Um, collaborative problem solving is a term we use in um, family work all the time. And particularly as the kids get older um, and it works also very well with bright and precocious kids who have a sense of, um, like, I'm just like you, like, you know, you might be older than me, but I have the same rights as you. So to have this collaboration, um, and structure and clarity, it actually decreases anxiety it, 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 and it increases security for everyone. Like, you know, the rules, you know, the boundaries. I'm curious, has she yet want asked to amend as she's getting older, amend or relook at the contract and see if some things might be, uh, needing to be changed for a particular do- reason? we actually built some things into the contract, like incentives, you know, if, if you make, you know, if you can complete this contract, you know, down the road, you may be allowed access to certain things. Um, Yeah. So I think it says in there, if she uh, does not download any social media apps or um, do any social media uh, by the time she's 16, then we, then we will pay her X amount of dollars. And so she references that. She's like, okay, so when I'm 16, I'm going to get this much money and then I'm going to download this app. (laughs) (laughs) She thinks about it and she's planning it, but she's also now just like, I got to wait. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, listen, there may come a time when she's like, what? This contract is baloney. I want to, you know, like my mm-hmm. parents went over me. She's a smart kid. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. That's a great term to put it. She's um, collaborative in that she thinks that sometimes she's our equal. Yeah. She's very much a fully yeah. formed like person. Like I'm, you know. Well, she's yeah. almost as tall as us now. So <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And yeah. we want her to feel like she's a part of our family, you know, in terms of like how she helps out and, you know, how we share with each other and all that she is. But she also, we have to remind her sometimes that we're her parents and that she can't talk to us a certain way. And, you know, she's very much um, pushing her boundaries still at 10. And I'm I'm scared for us when she becomes a teenager to be honest. I'm scared for us now. <laughs> yeah, I mean- yeah. I will say, so just uh, um, spending a lot of time with my clinical hat in these situations, and our kids are uh, now uh, between 19 and 23, so having some um, battle, battle, battle scars and experience, yeah. is that I would say that it doesn't, like the intense kids who come out intense and are tense all the way, we usually think, oh no, right? Because we have the the myth, which has some truth about adolescence and what comes with that. They sometimes just settle in. Like it's kind of like, it's part of the personality. And I also feel a lot of it has to do with the parenting environment as well, because some kids do need to push more based on who they are, but also based on what the, um, the landscape is. Whereas others, they don't have to push as much, right? It's like, how much freedom do we give them to be themselves while focusing on keeping them safe and Mm -hmm. healthy? And I think as parents with our own anxiety these days with everything that's out there and how complex it is, I think sometimes we go beyond the health and safety and start to put clamps down because of our own anxieties when we actually need to give them a little rope in some of these situations. I appreciate you saying that so much because we hear nothing but horror stories from people who are like, just wait till they become a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. They'll never, you know, people are like, someone said to me, oh, it's good they're doing this podcast with her now because when she's a teenager, she's never going to want to speak to you. And I'm like, oh, like (laughs) that to me is just so heartbreaking. And and I hope that's not the case because we're trying to raise her to be an independent kid. And we do give her a lot of independence um, on her own with keeping her health and safety in mind. But um, my hope is that she doesn't feel quite so like oppressed or held back that she needs to rebel or, I don't know, whatever the case may be. It's been a long time since I was a teenager. So I just, we're sort of bracing ourselves for the worst because she is so strong-willed and, and yes. opinionated, but she's also just like a good kid. She has a good yeah. heart. She she's loves a strong people. spirit. She's a strong yeah. spirit. Yeah. So yeah. I would say, um, Tell us can, I would say loosen up the seatbelt a little bit because like, I feel like there you're getting a lot of the fear people giving you that very standard fear. And I have a suggestion for everyone, you guys and for everyone listening. Um, Dr. Kenneth Ginsberg, who is a just a, a renowned pediatrician, uh, expert on resilience, about a year ago or so, and he's been on the show a few times. His the last time he was on the show, it was about his new book, which is probably now a year old. It's called Congrats, You're Having a Teen. And <laughs> his, the premise of his book is dispelling all the myths that you're talk that you're hearing about teenagers in a way to really understand their growth and development and understand what they're needing through a lens of growth and health and like positive relationship versus this other thing that we all hear. I love that. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll have to check that out because it For is, sure. there is like, you know, you never hear the positive side of parenting teens. Mm-hmm. People only ever want to be like my, my kid never talked to him. I didn't speak to my child from 13 to 22 or whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm like, right. no, you yeah. know, so that you never hear about the positive side and the good things that come out of parenting a teen. Um, yes. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yes. Let's um, count on that. Right. Like we adjust as needed, but let's like plan on that. Yeah. And then you adjust as needed. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind yeah. of how we're. That's what we're hoping for, adjust for sure. As, adjust yeah. as needed. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think yeah. a lot of a lot of what we do as parents is is try to be flexible. Like we're not, you know, black and white people. It's not like it's only this or only this. Like we, we yeah. try to be more flexible. Um, yeah, as we can. Yes, 
Okay, before we move on to, we're closer to the parent footprint moment, but before, I want to bring in a little content from your show. Um, so I am a, um, a Marvel a Marvel fan, Yay. big Marvel fan, along with my youngest. And so she just got back from her first year at college, so we're behind. And tonight is our, we're having a date where we're seeing Guardians tonight. And then we're going to follow up with Ant-Man and Wasp over the next, the, over the next few weeks because we haven't seen those. So I'm throwing this to you without, without um, spoilers. Give me the lowdown on what you think about both the new Guardians and um, Ant-Man and Wasp. Are you, do you mean Ant-Man Quantumania? Quantumania, sorry. And, yes. and Quantumania, yes. Yeah, okay. Do you want to... I'll take Guardians. Um, so... <laughs> you take... You just... We just He's rewatched... taking Guardians. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Guardians movie, the third movie, it's uh, it's good. It's a good... Uh, you know, it's the it's the finale of the, of the three movies. It's going to mm-hmm. be the last Guardians movie that we see. No spoilers. Yep. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, it's good. It's it's excellent. It's 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 a great uh, like wrap, you know, for the crew mm-hmm. and everything else like mm-hmm. that. It's good good story arcs. There's a lot of closure there, and uh, yeah, it's just wildly entertaining. I think it's better than the second one. Not quite as good as the first. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that first Guardians movie was was so, so good. good. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's it's a good one. And honestly, Quantumania is pretty amazing in that it opens up so many possibilities in the Marvel universe. Right. And it's back in the multiverse, right? We are in the, are we in the multiverse? You're in the quantum realm. You're in the quantum the realm. Quant- the quantum realm. Small, okay. small, small, the tiniest, tiniest version of yep. Ant-Man and everybody is in the quantum realm. Okay. That being said, it still opens up the vast universe that we're going to see in, um, in the future of Marvel. In the next phase yeah. or two of Marvel. Yeah. yeah. And Paul mm-hmm. Rudd is so incredibly watchable. But I yeah. think for me, when I remember seeing this, um, it was, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. And who's in that again? It's um, Paul Rudd, obviously. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and um, Michael, uh, Michael Douglas. Yes. So yeah. Michelle, yes. for me, this is Michelle Pfeiffer's movie. She wow. is great. She's a star. She is the star in this movie. It's her storyline. So it's, it's. Wow. I just like had a flash of her as Catwoman, which is probably what, 20 years ago, 25, like yes. a long time ago. A yes. long time ago. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, that's, and, a, that's a good flash. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good flash. Sir, this is a family show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think, yes, it's really good. I think you guys will love it. But then also don't forget to put, um, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse on your- I heard you guys talking about that in a recent show. And I like, you guys were really high on that. It's really high on it. so good. It's so good. Really? Okay. Um, we, I was, I had, didn't have much expectation. You know, I knew that the first one was good into the Spider-Verse was good. Yeah. But wow, they really upped the ante on this. Okay. Wonderful job. And it's, um, Marvel is really, uh, doing well. They're on top of their stuff. They're on top of their storylines. And DC, I think, is still struggling a little bit Mm -hmm. to kind of, for sure, to kind of catch up. Uh, We saw the flash. Uh, yes. Review of the Flash, and we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but um, yeah, we have mixed okay. feelings. They need some work. The jury is still out on the yeah. Flash. You heard it here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I won't ask you. You can. You'll. We'll. We'll listen to that fresh content. There you um, go. Coming up. Um, I do think Flash is. Um, it's entertaining. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just don't have the same grab. I don't know. It's just like there's just. It's you guys would be better with the words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah DC yeah. is just all over the place. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing. And hopefully with James Gunn coming in to sort of streamline things a little bit and rein it in, um, they can get some, a trajectory going of mm-hmm. where the DC characters need to they go. They need to work on the characters. And like, sure. and yeah, all, this is a lot, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about, we love talking, geeking out on our podcast for sure. And we, yes. we just really hope that people, um, have fun and enjoy the journey with us. And yeah. And I'll also look forward to the future commentary on, um, I just saw Captain America. Is it now changed to brave new world with, um, Falcon, right. With, um, taking the torch. Right. So that's exciting. Okay. Okay. Oh, so much to talk about. Okay. So, okay. We got to bring it back to the parent footprint moment here, guys. So I'm going to tell you the question and then, you guys get to um, 
collaborate on it in any way you see fit. Okay, here we go. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual, as a parent, or even an awareness of your own parents, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your life, your child's, and or those you love. You want me to go first? I'll go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so for for me, when I was thinking about this question, <clears throat> um, the first thing, and I'm a big believer, like, you know, go with your first gut. The first thing that came up for me is when I became aware of myself um, as a daughter um, in that I have to, I learned at a very early age, I had to parent my parent. Mm. And that was um, obviously not something most 13, 14 year olds think they're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't want to go into too much detail about, you know, what that involved because my mom is still alive and still struggling with, you know, some of the things that she was dealing with. But Mm -hmm. at a young age, I learned to parent my parent, but also parent myself. I learned to become very organized. I learned to become a hard worker. I've worked since I was 16 years old and never stopped. Um, And it created something in me that I think sort of set me on a path that I needed to be on in order to be a better parent because I learned what not to do, (laughs) but also learned structure in my life. So it's not like um, we're like free, you know, everybody do whatever you want. You know, like we're not those parents who are chill in that way. <laughs> not, not that chill. So uh, I learned very much what not to do, um, as a parent and, um, also how precious being mm. a parent is and every moment yeah. with my child that I can have with her, whether it's just moments of being silly and goofy together or moments of teaching her something and, you know, imparting some wisdom, um, mm-hmm. how precious that moment is. So yeah, that, that was my, thank I was- you. And, and I imagine, I imagine also an intention conscious and probably unconscious to some degree of that you do your best never to put her in the situation of having yes. to take care of you. Yes, absolutely. That's something that yeah. is very much a intentional part of my life and, and how I parent for sure. Nice. I think for me, um, my moment of becoming a parent, it's not necessarily a, like one big moment, uh, but it's several small moments. The one that really sticks out for me is I remember very specifically, it was one morning I was getting ready for work. Uh, Channing was about to leave for preschool or something like that. And Heather was about to take her to preschool and they're walking out the door and I say, bye guys. And then I hear Channing yell back at me, goodbye, dad, have a good day at work. And it was the first time she had ever said anything like that to me. And it hit me. And I was like, this is a person. Mm. Uh, this is a per-. and you know, and since then, I've always kind of approached her that way and had some great conversations with her. And even it's like me walking her to school in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just talk sometimes about random stuff. And it's just these growing conversations. And these conversations have just grown and grown. And I have such an appreciation for that. But it was mm-hmm. it was that initial, you know, have a good day at work, Dad. I was like, yeah. this is a person who's part of my yes. family that that's, that's I'm wonderful. responsible for and I can't yeah. wait to meet her more. Yeah. I love that. And it is so important. Like the earlier we can see these young humans as people, mm-hmm. as these as these beings. Um, mm-hmm. who are here for us to teach and them to teach us and right to collaborate together. I just think it, it just, it just lays the foundation for so much like stability and respect. Yeah. And, um, so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, thank you both for, um, just for just such a great conversation and, um, just love what you guys are bringing to this, what I'm going to call new space, this new podcast space for, yeah. for families. You guys just finished your first season, right? And you're about to launch season number two. We, yeah, we just launched season number two. Um, and on that note, I just want to say too, how thoughtful your questions were. Um, and I appreciate so much that you get where we're coming from and you understand what our show is and its place. And, um, it's Mm. honestly like 
such a joy to talk with you. I was very excited. I'm very excited to have yeah. this conversation. Oh, thank you. You get it. You get what we're what we're bringing to the table. So I appreciate that so much. Thank you. We are fans of Parent Footprint. We can't wait to keep pushing this out. Not that you need that with your one million social media <laughs> following, but I know anything, anything helps get this out there. So we're excited to do that. Social media following doesn't always translate to podcasting, though. It's True. a different, they're different mediums. You know, I could tell people all the time, like, go do this, go do this. But it just, it doesn't always translate to different mediums. So yeah, no, every, yeah. every little bit of spreading the word helps. So tell everyone, tell everyone <clears throat> where to, and where to find you and all of the, what to look forward to in this season. So we just launched season two. Um, you can find out what we're doing at brokerfamilypopcast.com. We also share highlights from our show on our TikTok and Instagram, uh, brokerfamilypopcast. But also you can follow us on our individual social media at um, the Heather Brooker and Uzik Guy. You got to change that, honestly. <laughs> Nobody knows how to spell that. And then, of course, you can watch our show. All you have to do is search on Apple TV or you're uh, not on Roku. We're not on the Roku yet. But um, search on Apple TV, Broker Family Podcast, and then we're on all the major podcast players. And I love your media and the visuals and the video game sounds. It's like whoever did this stuff for you, including yourselves, it's like it is so pop. You just embody the pop culture with the sounds and the visuals. That's um, me. I did all that. I created it. Wow. <laughs> that, a whole other creative side that, uh, yeah. that you have. Really cool. Really cool. It, it's, so, it's so cohesive. I'm so glad to hear yeah. that because you yeah. never know when you're making something, you're creating and putting it out there. You're like, I hope this resonates with someone. No, it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we nice. all thought it looks great. So it's so great to hear you say that. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, thanks, guys. I hope we can do this again and um, really enjoyed it. We would love it. Thank you so much yeah. for having us on. Thank you. All right, everyone. Please yeah. share the show with all the families that you know will love to listen to the Brooker Family Podcast. So much fun and enjoyment um, about our regular life to take us away also from all of the other parts of regular life, which are less desirable to focus on these days. So if you want to smile, if you want to laugh, if you want to think with your family, go to the Brooker Family Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. Thank you for your five-star reviews. They really mean a lot to us. Do your best to be that person you want your child to become and ask yourself the guiding question. I ask myself each day, what footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.